Nick Spiels is uh, thankful he didn't have to go 96 yards like Damon Arnett did today, but uh, his touchdown was uh, easy in the Cotton Bowl way back when, and the Buckeyes' win over Indiana was really easy today in Bloomington. Chris, joining us from Cincinnati, where you'll do the Bengals and the 49ers tomorrow. This is a dominant football team we have here. Well, they're so deep, and they're good at every level of the offense and then every level of the defense. The linebackers are playing well, secondary's playing well. The defensive line is just as a group. I, I don't know, may, you know, I haven't watched Alabama enough, but as a group, I don't see many better than what Ohio State has. And the other thing is, Bruce, they're playing so fast, and that means they're playing smart. So both sides of the ball have done a good job of eliminating a lot of thought for these guys. Yeah, I didn't think Justin Fields was as sharp at the start of today's game uh, as he has been, and as I presume he will continue to be. The more coaching he gets from Ryan Day, uh, they had him. A, you know, J.K. Dobbins dropped a touchdown pass early; didn't matter. Uh, Fields scored on the next play. J.K. got a touchdown catch. He had a phenomenal day running the ball. Uh, almost a 200-yard day for him. More than 200 all-purpose. They are extremely deep and there for a while in the first half I thought the story of the game was going to be Chris Olave with a great catch along the sideline and a touchdown catch and a block punt and then there are just so many weapons on this team I don't know how you scout them and who, who you would presume to have to take away yeah that's the problem that they present and the other thing about taking things away which you have to look at is something that's going to be I think uh, prominent as we move forward into the season is the zone read running play on the goal line, that's almost impossible to stop. And with Justin Fields, now he's going to run it a lot more efficiently than Dwayne Haskins. So that's something else within their holster that they can break out as we progress through the Big Ten season uh, and maybe face some tougher opponents. And also not only goal line, of course, short yardage when I say goal line. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to like about this team. Um and I, and, and I will include the coaching in this. And, and I'm going to say something here that I, I hope is not taken the wrong way. I think this is a win for everybody all the way around. I think it's a win for Urban to be on Fox. But I do think this team plays with um, maybe a fresh breeze blowing through the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. And I really don't mean that as a, as a criticism of Urban. You know, there's a reason why they say in marriages – People get the seven-year itch. I just think seven years is a long time for somebody as demanding of excellence as Urban to be in the building. And it doesn't mean that Ryan Day demands excellence any less. It doesn't mean he's any less competitive than Urban. And it doesn't mean Urban was wearing these guys down or was doing anything wrong. I just think for this team at this time, and I want to be very specific about that, this is a very good thing that Ryan Day is coaching them. Can he maintain this like Urban maintained it for seven years? That is that is a very tough thing for him to do. But I think for this team at this time, one of the reasons why they play so free, so fast, so loose, so joyously is because of what I term like a, just a fresh breeze blowing through the program. Yeah, I think that's one way to look at it. Uh, I don't uh, to me, I, I'm not going to want to overstate just because Urban was demanding that guys the guys didn't have fun. Just look at the team when they had Zeke Elliott and they won a national championship. That team played and had a lot of joy while they were playing. So, I, I mean, I can see how you can read it that way. I think this team would be just as fast and just as dominant 
uh, if Urban were still the coach. I, there's no question in my mind. I do think what helps Bruce, and it goes back to one of my earlier comments, was that on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing freer and faster because you're not playing under the stress of playing man-to-man coverage constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like it allows you to see the field. It allows you to make plays other places. Now, you're more vulnerable in some areas against the pass. And Ohio State certainly could play man, but it's just an awful lot mentally when you play that much man coverage. So, But I get what you're saying. I mean, sometimes change is good, some change is bad. doesn't mean Ryan's better than Urban or Urban is better than Ryan. I just think it's a, it's a different team, and the players have responded well to the coaching change that happened. Um, if I could flesh it out just a little bit more, I would say, sure. I guess, um, I think it's nice to have a coach over there who's not grabbing his head if you have to punt in the first quarter. He's not acting like everything is the end of the world. Um, and I'm not equating these two, but I do think there's a similarity. We said for years that Ohio State had trouble beating Michigan because John Cooper sent subconsciously a message of being tight for that game. Uh, I don't think Urban coached tight, but I think, you know, his reactions on the sideline didn't help his team. And I think this, okay. team, this team plays really loose for Ryan Day. That, I mean, that's fine. And uh, now I want to see how they play in a pressure situation. Are you sure they're going to get in one? Are you sure they're going to get in one? I'm not sure of anything. I'm, I'm, just sure. I'm not sure they're going to get in one until a playoff. Well, then we're still going to see how they play in a pressure situation. So sometimes when Urban or any coach puts pressure on a team in practice in the game, teams tend to respond better to when real pressure happens in an important part of the game or in an important game or when you're playing a really good team. Um, the other thing is, and I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you, I'm just giving you a counterpoint. Well, I do think uh, I need they, to pump the brakes a little bit, so I'm waiting for somebody to talk me down off my point. So hopefully you can do it, because I, I, I sound well, like a ridiculous homer saying what I'm saying. No, you don't tell. I mean, your eyes tell you what you see. And the only way you can make a, an observation is based on what the evidence is out, what's out there as far as evidence goes. And what's out there in the evidence is it's dominant. And they're not weak at any level. They're not weak in the secondary, not weak on linebackers, not weak in D-line. Offensive line is blowing people off. Tight ends are a threat. Receivers are a threat. You have two running backs that go for 293 yards today with Master T and J.K. Dobbins. I guess but the point I want to get back to is you talked about Urban, how his mannerisms were on the sidelines. As a player, I never noticed the head coach's mannerisms no matter what he did. I had no idea. You know, I'm okay. locked into what I have to do. So, uh, But, you know, maybe with quarterbacks or – somebody that he deals with directly I, I don't know that but I know that you know there's more than one way to coach and there's not a right way or the wrong way the right way to coach is how's your team going to best respond and the answer that we have right now is that this team is responding well to Ryan Day's coaching style yeah no doubt about that 51 to 10 today very comfortable for Ohio State again the offense uh, comes up with 28 points in the first half it was 30-10 to 10 at halftime. Indiana got a trick play touchdown after it was 30-3. to 3. Justin Fields, 199 yards passing, 14-24. He missed some throws. He had three touchdowns today. J.K. Dobbins, 22 carries, 193 yards, a long touchdown run of 56. Also had a touchdown catch, and Master Teague goes over 100 yards, too. Uh, we were early in on Master Teague saying he's a beast. I love the way that kid runs. Yeah, I, I mean, all you had to do was watch. Yeah, I, and I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't remember, and I'm not – 
you know, tooting our horn here or anything. I don't anybody else uh, recall anybody else saying anything about Master Teague, how he's going to be a factor as the season goes on. But I hope people realize that it's such a luxury when you have two backs, and especially a guy like him, man. Yeah, he's I mean, a tackle he's, breaker for sure. He's a, he's a load. He punishes he's, he's, people. Yeah. And, and so that, that's, that's uh, the luxury that Ohio State has, and it goes back to the same thing that we've been saying for years. is It's the depth, and especially early in September, right, when there's a heat issue and all that kind of good stuff. Um, the depth, um, to me, is, is something that puts this team over the top where Indiana, you know, by no means could they match the depth that Ohio State has. Uh, and Justin Fields was a little off, but the thing I liked, I thought his pocket targets was a little bit better, a little bit more of awareness. And I do think once he threw some early on in the game, right, he missed a, yeah. he missed a crossing route. Uh, he, he missed a, 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 the touchdown pass to the tight end in the back of the end zone early on. Who, who was that? Uh, I don't. I don't recall that one. I was thinking of the one to Olave where he was scrambling out of pressure on uh, third down, and then they threw it just a little yeah. bit wide of him. They they forced the field goal, and the field goal missed. Yeah, you know, even even J.K. Dobbins certainly should have been caught. Was not caught, but you know that easy of a throw, he's just got to put it so that guy doesn't have to, you know, put it on his chest. But right. those are we're nitpicking, and so that's a good sign when you start to nitpick. Your your quarterback that has three career starts. I mean, you know, what are we talking about here? Yeah, and, and 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 so yeah, it's just you know, here's here's the thing to keep in mind too. And, and I go back to this, and this is where uh, something. And Joel Clapp made a good point of this, and I have a reason why. So we're seeing a lot more of Justin Fields under center this year, right? Yep. And and I think Urban wanted to do that more with the Wayne Haskins, but remember that Michael Jordan actually was a better shotgun snapper than he was a regular snapper. And they had trouble getting snaps from under center with Dwayne Haskins. And so that's another thing that another wrinkle in Ryan Day's offense is there's a, a pl- plenty of play action stuff. And when you're able to run the ball as effectively as they are out of 12 personnel, that's one back and two tight ends. And the reason being is because they're very comfortable with the center quarterback exchange from under center which I do not think that was the case last year. In fact, I'm sure that wasn't the case last year. That's why we saw so many times Haskins in the shotgun. Yeah, so this a, will help their running game. That's a great point. Uh, Cincinnati, Luke Fickle bouncing back from the loss to Ohio State. They're big over Miami of Ohio. The Red Hawks will be in Ohio Stadium for Ohio State's first 330 kick of the season next week. Man, that'll be a walkover. And uh, after that, I mean, I, I was not being facetious earlier when I said, are you sure they're going to get a close game? Because, you know, so far, Maryland had been impressive. Maryland's behind Temple in the fourth quarter. Penn State struggling with Pitt. One of the reasons I would pump the brakes on uh, saying Ohio State's going to be a playoff team uh, if they were playing at Wisconsin, if they were playing at Penn State. I know they're playing at Michigan. I don't think Michigan is a top three team in the Big Ten. They've not shown me that they can be that. Ohio State has a schedule that is conducive to them getting to the playoff because they have Wisconsin at home, Penn State at home, and Michigan State at home. And I think those will be um, two of their tougher games, Penn State and Wisconsin. I think they're two toughest games. I think Michigan is no tougher than their third toughest game. It's up in Ann Arbor, so uh, if you have a bad day, maybe they can beat you. But that's why I – I mean, right now I'm, I'm looking at Clemson a lot. I'm looking at Alabama a lot, Georgia – uh, and Oklahoma, because I don't believe in LSU, even though they had a big win last week. 
I believe in LSU because if they have a quarterback playing like he's playing, uh, that's very believable because he's he's going to play well enough to get himself drafted in the top three rounds uh, if he keeps continuing the pace of play. And I do have athletes. I think you know when you're when you're talking about competing with against Ohio State, uh, you're right in your assessment athletically. There's nobody close. It's not even nobody is even close to the number of athletes. Just pure athletes, right? Run, jump, speed, yeah. all that. So there's nobody close in the Big Ten. So eventually, if you're not perfect on every down, if you're a substandard team compared to Ohio State, their athletes are going to eventually get you. They're going to break one tackle and they're off to the races, right? And you're going to get J.K. Dobbins or Master Teague are going to hurt you so bad in the run. Then you have a guy, Justin Fields, who supposedly was starting the season as a guy that couldn't throw the deep ball that shows that he's very um, accurate throwing a deep ball. So, you know, the only time I think, at least athletically, that they're going to get tested is if and when they do make the playoffs. I think that's clear and evident from what we've witnessed this early into the Big Ten season. Then when you run into the Clemsons, Alabamas, and Oklahomas, then we get athletes. Then we have athletes for athletes, right? right? That's what we have. Uh, the only uh, the other thing that needs to be questioned, in, in my opinion, uh, like yours, is the the trap game or the the one letdown game that they have. Uh, it seemingly it's like every year, but the two most recent, of course, would be the Iowa and Purdue game. But those were on the road, and I don't. Nebraska beat them on the road this year. No, Northwestern, I can't see it. You know, Michigan yeah. Michigan will never be a trap game because it has too much history wrapped up in that rivalry, so you're always dialed in for Michigan. The other road game they have left is Rutgers. So, like I said, if they were playing at Penn State, if they were playing at Wisconsin, if they're playing at Michigan State, if they had to play Iowa this year and it was on the road, maybe so, although with Iowa you'd think they'd be fully aware because of what happened at Kinnick the last time. Yeah. But their schedule is such that I don't think there's an opponent that could catch them at a time, plus they have two off weeks built in. So I just and Maryland, and Maryland today is struggling with Temple. So we thought no, they Maryland, got beat by Temple. They got oh. beat by Temple. So we thought Maryland could score with them. Obviously, Temple figured something out. If Temple can figure it out, I like to think Ohio State could figure that out. So I mean, it's oh, yeah. great news for me that they're a playoff team because I I would think I mean I would love to see what a team would do with Ohio State's depth because I just think Ryan Day has so much in his pocket that he can use. So many different weapons at wide receiver, so many different things he yeah. can do with his backs, and uh, I think there's a lot left on the table for Justin Fields yet. Now, the one wild card is, of course, if Justin gets if Justin gets hurt, then everything is up in the air. Right. So let's let's talk about this in one second. Um, right. Physically, there's nobody in the Big Ten as we just listed. Why? The reason why that can compete with Ohio State physically. The whole thing is mentally. Now you're going to run into a game where it's, you're going to be in a fight. And how do you respond mentally? And how do you respond under pressure? This team hasn't played under pressure yet. And how are you going to respond to that? Obviously, injuries in the quarterback position uh, is the, the big thing. And that's why I think Ryan Day has to judiciously use uh, Justin Fields on how he runs. Did I use the word correctly, Bruce? You did. That was impressive. Oh, thank impressive. you. I keep learning from the best. Man. <laughs> so, I, you know, and but – <laughs> you uh, texted me during a game and said, man, this is a really good team. It is. You know, I think potentially, Bruce, seriously, all around, I mean, this could be a top five team in Ohio State. 
I really do think that in history because they're so good at every level. Now, you know, I know it's early and it's a three-game assessment, but they're off to a great start. They couldn't be off to a better start. And believe me, people know around the country how good this team is and the wide receivers and the way Justin Fields spreads the ball around to different guys. It's just uh, it's fun to watch. And like you said and I said, the defense is playing much better, but that defense hasn't even come close to being challenged yet by anybody, by anybody. And I don't know who's going to challenge them in the Big Ten. I don't know. I thought Maryland, but, you know, Maryland was inside the 10-yard line 100 times, so I, I don't know what's going to go on. But right now, they you are, is this a dominant team? They're as dominant as your eyes tell you they are. Right now, that's the information we have. Well, you and I have been ones to throw out a team at Ohio State that a lot of people ignore when they're talking about all-time teams, and you and I point 98. to that 98 team. Yes, absolutely. And so I'm watching this dominance today in the first half, and I'm like, boy, when's the last time I felt this way about a team? And I, you know, my default is the 98 team. And I thought, well, pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, 2014, they won the national championship. What's wrong with that team? Well, they lost the second week to Virginia Tech. Zeke Elliott wasn't even a starter in that game. Curtis Samuel was. JT Barrett, you know, was a freshman quarterback. Like, you didn't initially feel that about that team. The 0-2 team struggled all the way through, slipped off the hook at Cincinnati and a bunch of other places. The twenty fifth, yeah. the fun, 2015 team, which returned Zeke and Bosa and Michael Thomas and on and on and on and on, that team's epitaph that season was struggle, struggle, struggle. We're not achieving. We're playing two quarterbacks. We're not hitting on all cylinders. So maybe I'm not crazy to think three games in, at this point of the season, the dominance reminds me, the depth reminds me of the 98 team in terms of, right. I mean, Urban said today at halftime, everybody in that secondary is a pro. Chase Young <laughs> is a pro. Uh, you know, how many guys up oh, front a couple are other pros? D-liners. Yeah, there's, of course. I, 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 we said this early on the podcast, early in the week, right? I, I, and I was talking to Tom Brenneman and my crew down here at Cincinnati at, at the Bengals practice the other day. And I, I said, to, to me, I mean, they have that we don't see yet. Probably 50 guys will be in NFL camps. Out of the 85 scholarships, 50 of them yeah. will be in NFL camps. But guys, we don't even know have any idea what the names or numbers are yet. I'm watching Jean Baptiste and I'm watching Tyler Friday and I'm thinking those guys are getting into quarterback against IU's number ones. Yeah. Oh, so they're yeah. they're ridiculously deep. They are, and yeah. that's a tribute to Urban. I mean, if people think my initial comments that this team's playing well with a fresh breeze blowing through the facilities and knock on Urban, they're not this team without Urban. I just think at this time. You know, Ryan's the right guy for this time. And again, maintaining it is is harder than building it. And yeah. so we'll see if he can do that. And Urban was a master at doing that. All right, any stories and, from the road? And uh, one more thing there you got? And then you want to tell no. me what's going on in Cincinnati before your game tomorrow? Uh, yeah, one second. I do want to – I think Gene Smith made a great choice in retaining Ryan Day, right? Where the Ohio State job, you and I talked about this. Well, they should have interviewed a big-time guy. And you said it, Ryan Day was the right guy at the right time for the right job. Yeah. Uh, guy I love talking football with. And, you know, I I respect guys with high football IQ. Spent about 20 minutes talking with Richard Sherman. Just a, a really smart guy, really nice guy, and a tremendous player. Um, people might not think that about Richard Sherman. I don't know what their thoughts are. But as far as football IQ goes, one of the best that I've ever talked to. 
So there's a little nugget for you. All right. Uh, anything in particular that he told you that you thought was uh, insightful or sets him apart from other guys in the NFL? No, I think he's just, he's very – I like him because I'm not saying I was as good as him, but he plays corner like I played linebacker by eliminating potential threats that offenses can do by formations and alignment. He's not the most gifted athlete out of the corner, but he's lasted nine years at corner because he uses good technique and he's very smart and he has great instincts. So maybe I like him because I think he reminds me of a player. I don't know, but I just like talking to him. All right, status of Joe Mixon for tomorrow's kickoff. Uh, I'm going to say yes, no official word. Uh, He practiced, looked like he was moving around okay to me on Friday but uh, officially listed as questionable, and I have nothing to add to that. And a final impression, Zach Taylor, Bengals' new coach? Uh, Love him. I think the Bengals are in good hands. I was really impressed with him. And Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, guys are responding to him. Their, Their practice was outstanding. It was crisp and clean and focused. So I know that this team is buying into Zach Taylor and Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator. And the other thing is, like, people make a big deal. Like, Lou Anaruma called plays for six games in Miami in 2015. Never called plays other than that. And the other one is that Zach's never called plays. I think play calling is overrated. I really do. I think you have enough people, especially at this level, at a professional football level, that have good ideas. You have a game plan. You have your list of plays. And it's all about feel. And you trust your coaches but you've already played a thousand scenarios in your brain or what you're going to call in certain situations. And you also have already a thousand scenarios of how you're going to adjust slight hyperbole, how you're going to adjust if a defense does something that you don't expect them to do. All right, my friend, we'll be locked in. It'll be a treat tomorrow to hear you at one o'clock with uh, Tom Brenneman and Shannon Spake on Fox. Appreciate you joining us from uh, the Queen City today. Buckeyes 51, Indiana 10, OSU against Miami next week at 3.30. Chris and I will be back Again on Monday with uh, another podcast about uh, the Bengals game on Sunday and set the stage for the Browns on Monday night. Spiels, have a great rest of the weekend. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. There you go, folks. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Spielman and Hooley podcast.